What's up, everybody? My name is Alex. I'm the co-founder and COO here at Swolverine, as well as your host on the Swole Friends podcast. Here on the Swole Friends podcast, I get the honor of sitting down with old and new friends here in the fitness space that we have come to know and love throughout the years of doing business with Swolverine. Right now, you're listening to episode 13, and I'm beyond excited to introduce you to my guest, James Newberry. James is a staple name in the CrossFit space, a thumb stopper on social media. If you've seen his social media, you know what I'm talking about. James paints his nails. He crushes life in the small bathing suits. <laughs> he rocks the fuck out of some dreads. He's a whole ass vibe and a tremendous CrossFit athlete. But today on the Swell Friends podcast, we want to get you to know James in a more one-on-one -on -one way, a more conversational way. What experience has, has he had in his life that have shaped him into who he is? What was life before CrossFit like? What's it like to go from athlete to business owner and how did a tragic accident at the age of 29 kind of really change the trajectory of his life? So James, welcome to the show. What's up? I'm super excited to have you. Alex, thanks so much for asking me on. I've been like so pumped about this for ages. So yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. And um, I'm coming to you from sunny Gold Coast, Australia. Like just check that out. And this is like... Oh. 7 a.m. here. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love it. It is about um, 30 degrees where I am and started snowing. We went ahead and skipped fall. So, <laughs> we're in the States. It is not sunny and beautiful. So, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Far out. Well, yes. It's uh, well, on the other end of that, it's like 25 degrees. So, I think it's like more like 80 here already. Oh, that's fair. 75, yeah. 75, 80. Well, I mean, it's like summertime, right? We have opposite schedules. Do we? Yeah. Know? Yep. <laughs> Who knew you guys tuned in to listen to weather? Um, <laughs> it's pretty early there right now. I mean, we were chatting this morning at 5 a.m. your time. Um, it's about 7 a.m. your time, 2 o'clock p.m. my time, right? Yep, correct. So a little gnarly. Okay, so what does your morning routine look like? If you're up that early, what time does your alarm go off and what happens thereafter? Cool, yeah. So now that I'm living on the Gold Coast, the sun comes up mega, mega early. At the moment, we're getting daylight when I wake up at about 4.20. So um i'm getting up at 4 20 when the sun is still like i i look out from my balcony where i am and i can see the ocean and it's you can see the sun starting to come up it hasn't just cracked over the horizon yet but it gives you like it gives you just like the best start to the day because if you're up at 4 20 i'm basically on the bike by 20 to 5. it takes me 17 minutes to ride to the coffee shop so i ride to the coffee shop i sit down bust out a ton of work before the phone starts going off, before emails start rolling through. And then it also gives me a chance to hit up a bunch of emails that are coming from your time zone in America. So I'm basically, I'm up, yeah, I'm up at 4.20. First thing I do is I go grab a big glass of water, like half a liter of water. Then I jump on my bike. At the moment, I'm fasting until about midday or 11, 11 a.m. to midday just because I got a comp coming up, which I have to drop weight for. So there's no eating first thing. It's just water straight to the coffee shop, grab a coffee or two or three, and then basically bounce straight into um, social social stuff for like my own personal platform for Fiber for the boys. And then I jump into emails, bust out some emails. And then I pretty much set up the rest of my day where I'm going to go meet people um, who I'm going to talk to. And then basically strategies on how I can grow grow these businesses and then where i'm going to fit training in in and around that okay absolutely so priority right now in life is being that business owner and being that you know curator right now it's yep. maybe not necessarily being the athlete full-time is that kind of true absolutely um yeah i've kind of 
I've kind of transitioned to a point in my life. I just turned 32 last week. And um, whilst, whilst I love competing and I love performing and I love um, getting fitter and stronger, I still do those things um, just to a lesser degree instead of plugging away and spending five hours in the gym each day. I'm spending majority of my time working on the businesses and then just scheduling in fun stuff in and around that. So if a competition pops up that is, you know, maybe a, a marathon or a half marathon or a triathlon or a sprint, or um, it could be a strongman comp or a powerlifting comp or even a CrossFit comp. Um, and it works out that that weekend I've got free or that day I have free or that morning I have free, I'll just sign up and just have a crack. It was two hours um, I had free. That was it. <laughs> pretty well, pretty well. That's like how it's going at the moment. So I'm spending majority of my time working on the businesses and I have been really in, in my mind, deep down in the back of my mind, I've always been business orientated ever since I was a, a young kid. Um, I remember wanting to train for, for rugby early on and all of the afternoon, um, you know, takeout, uh, Hungry Jacks or McDonald's jobs were right when I would be wanting to be at football training or training for footy mm-hmm. uh, or rugby, um, should I say. And I was like, well, this is interrupting my schedule, my personal schedule, this work, work from, you know, 4.30 p.m. after school until 7 p.m. It's just like, that's not going to work for me. So how can I earn an income as a young kid, 14, 15, 16 years old, that's going to work for me and work in my own time. So I guess I've been somewhat uh, business-minded since early on so I could basically run my own schedule, my own day-to-day. And then when I opened my gym, I'm trying to balance between wanting to be, you know, in the top top 10 in the world in CrossFit and then also trying to run a gym at the same time and whatever else my mind kind of figures out. It was like, it was a hard balancing act. And I, you know, chose for that period of time in my life between, you know, 22 and, and 30 um, was like, okay, this is my time to have a crack at being a professional athlete. And there'll come a time where this business, you know, takes priority. And, and um, I'll come to that stage now, but I'm, I'm balancing, I'm balancing the both. I still feel like, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat just as strong, somewhat just as fit. I could probably run better and swim better and bike better than I did before, but um, I just don't have that extra battery life like I would if I was at the CrossFit Games, like, you know, repeat energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think you've always had like that athletic aesthetic, but how has that like trained or changed as you've kind of shifted away from training into that full-time CrossFit Games athlete into the business owner and fitting it in where you can? And has that been a struggle for you or is that something that you're just sort of that condition and it just kind of doesn't really go away it's it's funny because i so in 2019 i was you know after my after my best placing at the crossfit games in 2019 i felt this weight kind of lift off my shoulders and you know if i'd never got to crossfit another day in my life i would be able to say that i was wholeheartedly proud of what i had achieved at that point if I had pulled the pin earlier at the back end of 2018 or 2017 or 2016, I think I would have had a sore spot later down the track. Um, so after 2019, I kind of de-weighted this pressure that I'd put on myself. Um, and whilst I did try and qualify in 2020 and 2021, and I had a role in 2022 as well, but just for fun, um, those years that I was you know, going to compete, um, 
I saw them as opportunities just to have a bit more fun with it and not take it so seriously. And if I qualified, great. If I didn't, no problem. It just gave me an opportunity to work on other things that fire me up just as much as competing these days, which is building projects and seeing things come to life and, and stimulating my mind in other ways other than, you know, trying to figure out how to become, you know, 1% stronger, 1% fitter, 1% more endurant, whatever it may be. So the transition for me was very easy um once i have something in my mind it's like when you decide okay i want to i want to sell my car and i want a new car it's like you go from loving this car one day to being like oh i need to get rid of this thing i hate it i want to get to something new it's kind of like the same thing it's just like you know what i'm actually satisfied with where my if if i never got a better placing than fifth in the world in 2019 i'm okay with that it's almost like okay what's next and i was like so good to go and the same thing happened when i transitioned out of playing rugby league um mm. all i wanted to do as a teenager from the ages of 12 through to 21 i wanted to play professional rugby league i wanted to play in the nrl that's all i wanted to do one day i woke up and i thought you know what i don't have to play i could go do something that's just as fulfilling and i could go to crossfit and own a crossfit gym go and compete in that coach people how to do crossfit and be so satisfied with what i'm giving back wow there's a there's another path that i can take i didn't even know that and then i was just like done finished i'm not going to play rugby league ever again and that was yeah. pretty much it yeah and it just makes that that normal transition right because yeah. i don't know and like a lot of times here on the podcast we talk about values right and how values can be exercised throughout different goals or different paths in life and how you still have like that same fulfillment but it sounds like you do a pretty good job of being present I mean, would you agree with that? Or is that something that you've had to work at? Absolutely had to work on that because there were times when I was competing where I would be sitting with a partner of mine and just not be present at all. I would hear things coming in, but I would not be there. Like I would, my mind would be elsewhere. And I could see how that is a super frustrating thing for especially the person who's trying to communicate with you. And you're sitting there and you're nodding ahead and you're saying, oh, I understand but really your mind is like, oh, that workout didn't go so well today or am I feeling fit enough for this competition coming up? And so learning how to be present and instead of, instead of listening to the person, waiting for them to finish, the finish their sentence so you can talk, just being there to listen to what they have to say and responding to what they have to say instead of waiting for you to have your piece and your say without even listening. That's something that I've had to work on, especially the last 12 months just being more present, being in the moment, and then giving the person who I'm speaking with at the time the, uh, I guess, the, the ability to voice their opinion and me actually take it on board rather than just waiting to have my say. Um, that was something that I've had to definitely work on. It hasn't always been the case. And um, communication wasn't my forte for a very long time, but luckily I've had people around me that were prepared to tell me, hey, this is not your forte. You need to work on it. And I've, I've done my best. I've done my best so far and I'll continue to work on it. It's like, it's like uh, training for the game. It's always a work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that you kind of touch on something where when you are able to fully listen to someone and, and be in that moment, it brings a sense of like calmness, right? You're not all of a sudden like at, so agitated. You're not so like wound up like a little rubber band ball, like waiting to freaking explode when they're done talking or even you know when and you can probably touch on this a little bit more but in athletics right like when you're like just shut up or just give me the next thing like no I don't want to rest no I don't want to do this and then you know 
how has that, how did that change you as an athlete? I mean, outside of communication and outside of being able to do that, maybe with your coach, your teammates, or even your personal relationships, how had did being present change the way that you became an athlete? So I think, uh, I think for me, being a little bit more present with how I approach training was instead of, instead of looking at like, so the end goal, it was to go to the CrossFit games. That was the beginning. It was, I want to make it to the CrossFit games. This is my sole priority. Instead of just looking at that end goal as like, okay, that's what I have to focus on. It's like, okay, no, well, I need to chop this into bite-sized chunks so I can manage it and be present for not only this week of training or this month of training or this block of training, but be present for this rep, this set, this session, and then this day, and then this week. And then so you kind of chunk it. It's like, okay, cool. Well, I've got five by five back squat this five by five back squat is at a high percentage it's like 83 percent. i need to be present for every single rep on this set because not only will i get more out of my 83 percent five by five than the next person doing 83 percent five by five because i'm just a little bit more present with every rep where i want to be how i want to situate my weight in my feet how i want to hold my posture how i want to breathe just the thought and the and the uh concise movement patterns and how i think about things will make me a better crossfitter in the end um i actually said this on a podcast just recently arnold schwarzenegger used to talk about when he was prepping for mr olympia um he would do the same routines and sets and weights and things all that his training buddies were doing um and all of his all of his training partners but he said he just thought about each rep a little bit more in depth than the other people, even though they were doing the same types of movements, same types of sets, rep schemes, everything was the same. He just said he thought about it more. And I think that's something that I ended up doing down the track instead of just getting in and getting the session done to get it done. Um, and there has been sessions where I've done that for sure, but more so thinking about, okay, how can I execute this to the best of my ability so it becomes my go-to habit and pattern to be a good mover, which turns into being more efficient, which turns into reserving energy, which makes me place higher at the end of the day. And those results is what I'm after. Um, and that was always the goal was to, you know, stay healthy, get fit enough to get to the CrossFit Games and put my best foot forward every time I stepped onto the uh, competition floor. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see kind of like the progressions and the consistency of you being an athlete, right? Anyone looks at your stats and they see this consistent improvement. And that's what's going to separate you. A lot of people, right, is just not going like up and down all the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you mentioned 2019 kind of being that year where you're like, I could be satisfied. You know what I mean? Um, leading up to that, were there years, were there seasons where you're like, this shit sucks? Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, what the hell did that look like? Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, that happened a lot to me. Um, that Like, it wasn't just a straight progression, like, shit, I'm getting better and better and better and better every single time. There was a lot of knockbacks there. You know, you hear this fairy tale Cinderella story where, someone finally cracks the CrossFit Games and they go in and have a outstanding rookie season. I wanted that to be my story so bad. I wanted to step into the CrossFit Games and crush it and do like top 10 immediately. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the case for me at all. That just wasn't my path. And I struggled for, I, I missed the games in 2012, although I wasn't 
I didn't even think I was going to make the regionals or the nationals in 2012, but made, made it then. After 2012, I was like, I can have a crack in 2013 and I might make the CrossFit Games. And then didn't make it 13, didn't make it 14, didn't make it 15, and I just got knocked back so many times. And I thought, am I? And I remember sitting in my car driving along a road just outside of Adelaide thinking to myself vividly, am I ever going to make the Games? I may, I may not. I might get to 40 and have never cracked the CrossFit Games and I'll sit there and think, oh, man, what could I have done differently? And then that year I made it in 2016. And that was like a, that was a big weight off my shoulders. Not as big as the 2019 one, but a big weight. Actually, you know what? It's actually probably very similar, very similar. Yeah, it was close. Um, but I, I remember thinking to myself, man, will I ever, ever make, make the Games? And then eventually when I did, it was like, oh, wow, okay, next step. Now it's like, okay, now we're at the games. Let's try and do well. I might have this 2016 rookie season and crush it and mm-hmm. got beat down 2016. And then I thought 2017 will be a better year. Got beat down 2017. Did almost the same as what I did at regionals. Went to regionals in 2012 out of nowhere. Kind of was just training in my front yard, placed ninth at regionals. Then... Mm-hmm. Went back in 2013 thinking that I was going to do better, placed 11th. And I was like, I just trained way harder all year round and I placed Wait, what? work. What's, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Same thing happened at the Games. Placed 24th in 2016, came back and placed 26th in 2017 and was just like, what? I just trained harder than 2016. What is going on? Then went mm-hmm. back in 2018 didn't get quite the result I wanted. I felt like I was just as fit in 2018 as I was, uh, sorry, 2019 as I was in 2018. But 2018, mm-hmm. I didn't execute as well. There were some things that I had thought about that I was like, I wanted to rectify. Mm-hmm. Um, but after 2016 and 17, or well, 17 in particular, I didn't want to compete again. I was done. Like, I was just so off it. I was yeah. like, this is not one. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. I was like, after 2017, I remember walking off after the last event and saying to my partner, I'm done. Don't want to do this anymore. This is not fun. Yeah. I'm going to go surfing. I'm going to go surfing for the next 12 months. <laughs> yeah, right? And then you get in the ocean. <laughs> I'm going to get off this river. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 2018 rolls around and I ended up having another roll at it. Placed 18th. I was like, oh, 18th is not great. This wasn't the best, best uh, execution. I had some good events. I had some bad events. Um, but nothing to, you know, write home about in my opinion. And then after that, I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I'll have a role in 2019. I'll just take it as it comes. And then kind of train, kind of didn't train. And then 2019 comes about and I ended up getting on board with Michelle Laton and went and did a training camp, didn't really think anything of it. And I just thought to myself, I took the pressure off and just thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to roll the dice on every event. I'm just going to have a crack. And if I do well, great. If I crash and burn, I don't care. I've already sucked for the last three years anyway, so it doesn't matter. And I ended up having a blast, ended up just rolling the dice and just hitting hitting exactly the numbers I wanted every single time. I, I wanted to go to the CrossFit Games in 2019, and I wanted to walk away with more than 50% of my memories, good memories, because oh. 2016, 17, and 18, yeah, majority of the memories that I had from those years were like negative, negative, negative. This is not fun. This is really hard and I'm not getting any results and I'm training really hard and not getting any results. Mm -hmm. Um, Physically, yeah, sure. I was probably 
at my peak of where I could have been in those years, but they never resulted on the leaderboard. And I wanted leaderboard results um, yeah. because nobody, you don't, you're like, you're only giving yourself gold medals in your training sessions. No one's seeing them. You're doing those in the dark by yourself on a Saturday night at 7 p.m. where all your friends are going out, having a good time. Um, and you're sitting in the gym doing your back squat sets or your, 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 your Metcons or your 21-15-9s and you're just plugging away yourself. But the only thing people see is the results. It's like they just, you know, chuck up the leaderboard and go, oh, James is sucking this year. What's going on? It's like, oh, I'm trying real hard, you know. Um, like that's, even- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and then 2019, I walked away, 98, 99% of it I enjoyed, I loved and had a, had a blast, have fond memories of that entire CrossFit Games experience. Um, yes, whilst it was hard, but the results showed on the leaderboard and I was happy with where things were at. There was a couple of things here and there that kind of didn't go my way, but that's just competition in general. So you can't always, you can't go flawless every single time you go out on the competition floor. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was just an attitude change, attitude change, mindset change. Um, also surrounding myself with people that actually believed in my ability, um, more than I did. Uh, Mm -hmm. that was kind of what was the difference. Was it hard to find those people? I mean, how did you yeah. find people who believe in you more yeah. than yourself? Yeah. yeah, it was um, it was hard to find not just one or two, but you know, a handful of people that really did believe, and especially the people that I held um, opinions in high regard of where I was at. I remember, you know, Michelle said to me in the lead up to the the CrossFit Games, "Dude, you're like." your running ability for the CrossFit Games is where you need to be. Like you are on point for top five, maybe podium finish if you just execute what you're doing in training here and you just go and do what you're doing here and you put it on out there, you're good to go, man. Like you're actually, and I hadn't heard that like before. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard like you can actually, you can actually have a crack and do this. I think, I think the only other time that I'd heard that was from my original coach back in 2011 when we were watching, when I was watching the first, the CrossFit Games for the first time ever, like watching Spieler and Froning and and Kalipa all throw down in 2011 on TV, didn't even know what CrossFit was at the time. I literally walked into the gym, did one workout, and you know was kind of watching it the next week. Um, I remember my coach saying, "Oh, I reckon you could to and fro with these guys," and I was like, "Oh, what, really? Cool." <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and the next time I heard it was like 2019. It's like, man, like you've you can do this. You've got it. Like far out. You've like you're, you're where you, you're exactly where you need to be um, to to get the results you want, and I was like, oh shit, maybe I maybe I could, and then I, you know, just went out there and did my best, and I I was like, run at my speed, lift at my speed, lift at my weights, do it, do it, like do the timing myself. I was right exactly where I needed to be, and I just executed the way that I knew I should, and and the results added up on the leaderboard. It was just great. It was like it was a it was a cool feeling to finally have it show. You know, you know what I mean. After that was my well, 2019, and been competing since at national since 2012. So yeah, it was a solid seven or eight years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things you touch on too is like success and confidence, and that little synonymous relationship between the two, right? Like yeah. you had already had some success, even though you know maybe on the leaderboard it wasn't exactly the success that you wanted. But then there is the people, or like Michelle, or you know, kind of your close knit group or a new close-knit group that was like, we need to help this guy have the confidence to be able to believe in that success himself. 
right? Absolutely. And when you give an athlete confidence, I mean, they talked about this in Moneyball, right? That movie about the A's, they talked about it, right? Like, I mean, if you want to get cliche about it, but I mean, in like quintessential sports arenas and what makes a good coach and a great, good athlete great is having that confidence to really believe in themselves and believe in the work and connect to the process and really like sink your teeth in so that on those shit days, you don't even think about it. Okay, cool. I can't think about my programming in like this big ass chunk. I have to think about it in my five by five and my one by one and my top to bottom, my eccentric to, you know, completing that movement. And that's kind of what you're saying. I mean, would you agree with that? But Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think uh, the I think the dynamic that we had leading up to the 2019 games, like I was training with, you know, the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, 2018, I was training with Tia and Shane. And I think that season really built me up to have high-end volume tolerance and capacity for 2019, even though I did take a bit of a break after 2018. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like that. So not it's no one season that gets you prepared for the CrossFit Games. One season can prepare you for the Open or maybe even to, maybe not these days anymore. Maybe back in the day you could have done one season, prepare for regionals and you might come out, which is kind of what I did um, in 2012. But I was training pretty hard for football anyway at the time and a lot of crossover similarities. Uh, but it wasn't just the 2019 season that got me that fifth place. It was the hard slog 16, 17, 18 in particular, 19. Those seasons combined at, equated to that. And then getting into the training, getting into the training and and, and uh, training camp in Montreal with the likes of Laura Horvath and Sam Cornery and Patrick Velma, like Pat like fired me up to no extent because Pat was on the podium multiple years in a row, just a freak of an athlete. And just watching how he navigated good workouts and bad workouts and and the the relaxed the relaxed um, personality trait that he has towards all things. He's he's meticulous, but he's also relaxed. And he kind of, you know, he's great with game planning too, game planning workouts. So having Pat there as a as a training buddy throughout that period and, and you know, having a good time, just like it was with Tia and Shane, having a good time at the same time while you're buckling yourself day in, day out. It's a fantastic environment to be in. If you can get in laughs and jokes and have a fun whilst you're, in the locker day in day out like slaughtering yourself that's where you want to be if it's just if it's just all grind it's not mm -hmm. fun and that's not what i want to do i would rather i would rather be 10 or 20 percent less or maybe not 20 percent, but maybe 10 percent less fit and be super stoked and be having a good time i'll compete way better i'll compete 20 percent better 10 percent less fit if i'm happy and being around the likes of you know tia shane michelle um pat I was happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big piece of it. I think is overlooked, you know, it's just kind of this idea that like, I just have to kill myself to get there. And it's like, no, nah, I mean, life is still passing you by <laughs> your yeah. time and your clock is still ticking. Um, yeah. And you got to find a way to actually enjoy the process of becoming and enjoying the journey along the way. I mean, those are things that we talk about in coaching, like here a lot and, and just, kind of goes into that development of being present, right? Like 20 year old James wasn't exactly probably present. It was just kind of like fire breather. Let me kick something's ass. Yep. <laughs> like, Pretty you well. know, and 30 year old James was a little bit different, but yep. um, 
you know, as you were going through your 20s and as you were going through these times, there are these highlights, right, of like going to training camps or getting coaches or meeting people or traveling, which are beautiful, unique pieces about being a cross athlete or just an athlete in general. But kind of on that note of time passing, you were going to your 20s. You've spent the last 10 years being an athlete. Before that, you were still a professional athlete, right? Like, in, or a very high level elite athlete in, in footy and and what did you give up and what do you feel like, you know, was there anything that you would have done differently throughout your twenties or was there, did you really try to just maximize it and throw everything at the wall? And maybe sometimes you burnt yourself out and went in the gym hungover or, I mean, what did, well, well, in saying that, in saying that there was a lot of sacrifices and a lot of social, a lot of social hangovers that I did miss. Yeah, for sure. And I did sacrifice them. Um, I was so committed to the cause of, being the best athlete possible that I sacrificed all those times. I, I probably had a blowout once a year, mm-hmm. um, but I also put it on myself. I gave myself a period of time where I'd say, like there were periods of time where I wouldn't even, you know, have a drink for like three years. Three years I would just go without. And then if I had a win or something like that, I might celebrate with a couple of beers. But there was periods of time and unlike, you know, one of my best mates, Khan, who mm-hmm. approached things quite differently to me, um, but we had always toed and froed with placings. He he would get me in one comp, then I might get him by one place in another comp, then he would get me by one place in another comp, and then he pipped me in 2014 to go rookie rookie to the CrossFit Games by like two points or something like that. Um, so, but that was something that for me I had to do. And if if I didn't make the CrossFit Games, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, having a drink every other weekend and going out with my friends and being hung over that is what i would regret at 40 or now as to why i didn't make it to the games i would have said oh, i should have just pulled back i shouldn't have gone out on those saturday nights and you know what i am so happy that i didn't and i wouldn't change the things through my 20s i sacrificed 21st i sacrificed plenty of parties plenty of um plenty of festivals i wanted to go to plenty of surfing trips i wanted to go on plenty of snowboarding trips I wanted to go on, tours around Europe, tours around America with my mates. I sacrificed those so I could be the absolute best athlete I could be at that time. Wouldn't sacrifice it, wouldn't change it, absolutely not. I've got my whole 30s that I can go out and do those things and I can do that whilst I'm you know, um, still young enough to have fun and, and appreciate it. But now the time for me as you know, a professional full-time athlete training you know, those four to six hours a day, my prime time was through my 20s up to my 30s. And yes, whilst I probably still think I could, I still feel like if I wanted to, if I had the fire in my belly to go back and go to regionals and take the thing out, mm-hmm. I felt like if I had the fire to do it, I could do it physically. I feel like physically I could go and do that. Physically, I think I could go back to the games as an individual, but I don't want to. I've got so many other things that fire me up just as much and I'm having such a fun time transitioning out of this full-time athlete focused, you know, precision. This is what we're doing. This is the plan. This is the structure. These are the boundaries and putting that into something else and watching something else grow whilst getting my fix for competition, jumping into Ironmans and Strongman and whatever else I can get my hands on. I'm getting my fix there, still staying fit and healthy, still looking the way I want to look. And then also getting great satisfaction out of building these other things that Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did what I did back then. Wouldn't change it for a thing. Wouldn't change it for the world. And now I'm very glad in what I'm tr- like focusing my energy on now 
Um, but yes, there was plenty of sacrifice. There was plenty of plenty of oh man, why can't you come? This is like once, like we're only going to go and do this once. So, sorry guys, can't come. This is what I've got to do. This is what I know I have to do. This is what I've, you know, spent you know a lot of time focusing on and working on, and not just focusing on and working on it just so I, you know, I'm now I've, I've invested so much time that I can't give it up. It's what I want to do. It's what I want to do right now. Not getting sunk into that, you know. Well, I've just spent so much time, so I might as well keep going. It's no, I still want to do it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's, you know, the sacrifice comes with anything, right? Building businesses, building families, building athletic endeavors. Um, and it's really a, a matter of, I think you have a pretty wholesome balance of asking yourself, like, have I given everything to this? Could I walk with my head held high? Am I ready to transition into something else? I mean, being a business owner, you even know, like, you still sacrifice things, right? Like you talk about getting up at four in the morning, you talk about having your coffee. And sometimes you have four coffees because you forget to eat. And like right now you're fasting, which it works. But, um, you know, sometimes you forget to eat. And next thing you know, it's like four o'clock and you're like, fuck, where'd my day go? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And that's yeah. And like, yeah. sometimes you don't train and sometimes you don't do this or that, or you don't get to go surf. And that's, yeah. those are just like always trade-offs and things that it's good to have like those little mental check-ins to ask yourself, like, am I okay with this? Am I happy with this? I mean, so do you journal? Do you, do you do like any type of like mindfulness work? Um, I guess. In I, personal life? I have, I have journaled in the past, but I find that for me, the best thing that I've like, I would journal, I might do a day, miss two weeks and then do a day, then miss a month and then do a day. And I, I have never been that good at sticking to a journal routine. But the one thing that I do do is mm -hmm. I love, just sitting in my own thoughts with my own thoughts by myself like last night i was going down to a local it's like a, a vegan ramen place just down the street and it is mm. phenomenal but i was on my way there and i was talking to my brother on the phone and he goes oh where are you going i'm just going i like ramen i said i'm going down to i like ramen i'm gonna have dinner he's like oh who are you going with i'm just like by myself <laughs> and so i can literally just sit there yeah, just sit there and just be with my own thoughts. So I, I'm very good at, I'm very good at being social with friends, and that's what we do on a Friday morning. Um, Friday. So this morning, I was at the cafe at 5 a.m. meeting a bunch of really cool people, very like-minded people. We get to bounce ideas off each other and just have a really good chat. And so exchanging, exchanging social time like that. But then I also love sitting in the sauna by myself going for a bike ride by myself, going for a run by myself, go sitting, go sitting at a cafe by myself. I can do that for hours on end or just being with my own thoughts. Very good at doing that. And I think that's how I kind of give back to myself, just, you know, having my alone time. I just did a drive um, to put it in mile perspective. It was about 1,500 miles. Okay. Um, I just did a drive like that. I did it all by myself and I literally just staring out the front window, no music, no nothing, just almost like a meditative state for the better part of 20 hours. And I, I, that's probably how I, how, I get my, how I get my recoup time or the way that either I come up with new ideas or how I check in with myself to be like, are you burning the candle from both ends very quickly? Are you burning one more than the other? Are they burning at a good rate? When do I need to give back to myself? When do I need to take a day off? And my business partner um, is very good at being like, mate, you need to just take a day. Don't matter when it is. If you want me to take some slack for a day or two, um, mm -hmm. you just let me know. And I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good these days. And I think sport has helped with this, knowing when I'm like, okay, enough's enough. You're pretty burnt. You're pretty buckled. You need to take a day to yourself. 
Um, and then being like, no, okay, I need to put the foot on the gas still because we have something coming up that I need to be prepared for. I will take a day once this is done and then be, then, then know that, that you have to take that day. Don't be like, once you get through it and you've got this endorphin rush of being like, now we're through, that's great, let's go. Let's Next thing, no, take the day, even though you feel good now because you're riding a high of what you've just achieved, take the day anyway and then roll into the next big wave of what's next. Um, I'm pretty good at doing that. And those self-reflection times or those, you can call it meditation if you want. Um, meditation, I'm always thinking anyway. So, um, you know, sitting in the sauna by myself with my own thoughts is a form of meditation for me. And, and that's when I usually get to do my own internal journaling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then solo sports, right? So surfing, snowboarding. Um, I'm a big skier. I like to surf. I'm not very good at it. But, hey, that's you know, cool. Me neither. Okay, cool. Oh, great. Um, but you have these times where you're you're by yourself and you you're just there. You're laying on your board and you're like letting the waves pass and you're just chilling. And if you don't want to get a wave, you don't have to. And if you want to drop the cliff, you you can. If you want to just ride a groomer down, you can. It's chill. It's it's a being in nature too is a really big piece of it. I think of you know we're in such like this like plastic world, right? Like I look around my office and what's it? What's everything glass? Like this is you know there's yeah. nothing even like tangible, real to touch. It's probably like the cardboard in front of me is probably the most tangible earth-based thing right now, um, and we get really lost in that world. And I think like you you know you're always out. I mean it seems like you're outside quite a bit. I mean you live in Australia, which is also kind of like a mecca, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's like the importance too of getting outside, uh, whether you're a business owner who's building, you know, your own thing from scratch or you're sitting in an office every day, like go outside and touch some grass, go outside and touch some water. <laughs> Absolutely. We talk about this all the time and I think it's so important to do. And yeah, sometimes it does seem like a little bit kooky or hippie or whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. you know, you try, you try and tell, you try and tell someone who's so far from the opposite end of the spectrum that may have somewhat of a narrow narrow outlook on certain things. That's mm-hmm. like you tell someone, hey, maybe just go and, and be in nature for the day. That is like, oh, what do I need that for? But then you get that same person who might like to camp or go camping or like to go fishing or whatever they do. And they're just like, oh, isn't this nice? It's like, this is what I'm talking about. You're just saying it in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, it's like being in nature, you get this sense of, calmness you get this parasympathetic system starts to ignite and you're just going to rest and digest just you know passing getting out of the getting out of the concrete jungle getting away from your phone disconnecting from that getting away from emails and pressure and people pulling on your shirt from every which direction you go out and you spend two hours hiking in the middle of nowhere going snowboarding out in a mountain i went snowboarding two weeks ago in new zealand and that afternoon of snowboarding was exactly what i needed but i spent the morning we did a two-hour hike a two-hour bike ride then we went and snowboarded for two hours it was the sickest day ever and i was barely on my phone my phone still had like 90 percent by the end of the day and i was stoked like (laughs) it was like perfect and exactly what i needed but then once it was done i felt calm collected and fired up to get stuck into my work post that but it's just it's just it's giving back to what you need, like your energy. It just gives it back. And whether it's actually like, you know, physical energy, but just mental clarity and, you know, releasing those endorphins and all that type of stuff, all the good stuff, things that bring you back to nice and level. Um, and I think that's it's very much, if you're not doing it, at least getting out and getting away or being, being away unplugged for like 
at least a day or two days a month, you're probably mm-hmm. working substandard to where you could be at least minimum and do it more yeah. often if you can, if you can afford to. Well, it's amazing too. You don't need that much time out there, right? To be able to sustain 40, 80 hours of your regular week, more than that. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, go fill back up your cup in it. And really like, we think about these things. What do I, what's the shit I need to buy online? What's this thing that I need to wear? What's this makeup I need to have? Or like, I don't know, I don't know what you do, like hair ties or something, but yeah. <laughs> um, or speedos. Yeah. Oh, clips. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Um, but yeah, we look a lot to like superfluous, uh, materialistic shit to like fill up our cup when it's really like, what if you just like went outside, like the doors like 15 what? feet away. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I have a great story for you because I, I moved up to the Gold Coast about... So I moved to the Gold Coast on a whim. I came up here for one meeting to do with Fiber and, mm-hmm. and my business partner, he fully planned this out. He took me down to... The, if, if you come to Australia, I'll show you the PAV, but he took okay. me down to the Burley PAV and it was a day like today. It was about 75 degrees. It was 1 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon. So typically, you would think this thing would be dead. In Adelaide, it would be dead. But on the Gold Coast, it was packed. People were having margaritas. There was, you know, four-foot barrels coming through off the point. There was half a dozen surfers out. It was perfect for a meeting. And I literally walked in the door and said, oh, I'm moving here. I'm moving. I'm going to move. I got on my phone. I got on, Yeah, I just got on my phone, found a place the next morning, went and had a look, signed the papers that day, moved up three days later. Um, and then when I moved into my apartment, my apartment's bare. I've got nothing. It's great. I love it. The only thing I have in there is I have a bowl, a spoon, a fork, a knife, uh, a fridge, a bed, and that is it. I've got nothing and a couple of whiteboards, um, but it's minimal. I've got no stuff and I love it. My mom keeps messaging me. It's like, hey, are you going to get a couch? And I was like, yeah, maybe. Are you okay? Maybe. maybe. Um, if, I, if, I, if I feel like I need it, I'll get a couch. But she's like, what about TV? It's like, no, nah, no TV, no nothing. So I've got basically nothing in there. But I love it like that. It's like super smooth and simple. And if I do want to go away or travel or go away for work or go away for a competition, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Or if I do end up saying, I'm not going to move because I love this place so much. I'm loving it more and more every day. But if I do need to move, it's literally I could pack probably one bag and I'd be good to go. <laughs> you just see James walking down the street with like his mattress on his back. Like, yeah, pretty well, um, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got my stuff. Yep. That's, oh, that's great though. And it's there's so much to be said for like kind of this minimalistic lifestyle, right? Like I have, you know, a handful of shirts. I have this nice jacket. It keeps me warm. I have these four pairs of shoes. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's like the thing. I was like, I wanted to try and minimize the amount of you know, clothes I had as well and just try and keep it all pretty simple just so I never had to have, I wanted extra thought or brain power. You know, when you get to the end of the day and, and you know that you've hit your quota of decision making and you can't make any more decisions and you're just like, like just the most simple things are hard to decide. I remember I was standing at my door thinking, do I take the bin down or not? And do I take the bin to the, to the rubbish or do I not? And I sat there for 30 seconds thinking, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I was like, James, this is the most simple decision in the world. Just make a decision. It's like, I think I hit my quota for the day. And, you know, that's the time where you just need to stop. And anytime I get like that, I know that I've made too many decisions for the day or I've made mine enough. And mm-hmm. it's time to time to can whatever I'm doing and just chill for the rest of the afternoon. Um, that's like, I feel like minimizing the amount of stuff that I have decreases the amount of decisions I have to make. And if I just have all black shirts, white shorts, white socks, one pair of shoes 
my decisions are so much better spent on my business than what I'm going to wear for the day. <laughs> it's the yeah, I'm thinking in my head while you're talking, which is, you know, not what we talked about doing. Do as we say, not as we do. Um, but I'm laughing, you know, because I'm like, oh, yeah, how do you know they're business owners? They're just in all black. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yep. There's a all black. <laughs> all black. And then it just takes away because I would rather spend – I'd rather spend my brain power focusing on how I can better the better the customer experience with fiber or the boys or, or soul sense. I would rather spend my time thinking about those types of things and sitting there thinking, oh what what cycling kit am I gonna wear today or what what uh, whatever it may be, what uh, outfit am I gonna wear to training. If they're all pretty much the same, it doesn't really matter. I just chuck whatever's clean on and go out the door and get get cracking. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. It's a great way to live. I would encourage any of you guys listening to give it a try. <laughs> Get rid of some of your shit. Great. 100%. Um, <laughs> so I guess that kind of brings us to the next thing. I mean, James keeps it pretty simple. Um, if you go and look at his Instagram, you can see that it's simple because half the time he's not wearing really many any clothes, which brings us to Le Boys. So Boys. tell me about Le Boys. And for anyone who's out there who's listening, um, it's L-E-B-O-I-Z. And you can actually find that on uh, Instagram, L-E-B-O-I-Z swim. But tell me a little bit more about where that came from, um, the origin story there. Let's get into it. Yeah. So the origin of Le Boys was quite funny, actually. It was a, it was a, an off-the-cuff um a question that I asked Khan in an airport in Copenhagen and we were in Copenhagen for Butcher's Classic and we had just come from France. We uh, Khan had a competition in Marseille. I was coach. This was after the games um, when we went and did demo team uh -huh. in 2021 and basically we went from uh, the CrossFit Games to Vegas then over to Europe, spent some time in Europe and we were down the beach a lot wearing our Budgie Smugglers, which is a big brand here in Australia, um, they have some, they have epic speedos that we we all love and and know, mm -hmm. and well, like we even still buy those ones sometimes too. If they've got a cool pattern, we'll still buy theirs. So <laughs> it's like kind of funky. But what we what we did was we we went and did this competition. There was a swimming event. We were wearing these budgies, and we were getting asked about them a lot. That it's like they're cool, they're cool, they're cool. And this is a lot of people from you know, like France and, you know, throughout Europe, um, people from Amsterdam were asking us about these, these things we're wearing. Mm -hmm. And I just said, and one of, the, one of the, the taglines for our trip, this went for about three months, four months, was Le Boys Are On. And it came from a French guy who was really good friends with Khan and now friends with me, um, mm -hmm. Denny. He was just like, Le Boys Are On. Every time when he saw a post of us about to go out somewhere or about to go party somewhere, he would just write us a message about the boys are on. We're just like, we're so on tonight. Let's go. And I just said to Khan, passing through the airport, dude, let's make our own Speedos. Let's make our own Dickies. Let's do it. And he was just like, yeah, let's do it. And I said, let's call it the boys. And he's like, yeah. And then so I said, dude, I'm serious. I'm going to, as soon as we, as soon as I get home, I'm putting like pen to paper and I'm going to start calling to people. I'm going to get a business registered. I'm going to do it. And he's like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. And then so we basically put our heads together on how this could, how this could roll out, what it's going to look like. Um, Khan has, Khan's very good at looking at what the, the brand identity um, could be. Um, the, the voice of the brand, he came up with Be More You. He came up with that slogan and that's what we wanted to try and um, 
allow because during that trip we got to know each other really really well and that trip for us was a really good way for us to express i guess to each other because we were connecting to each other what we're really about and what we've kind of missed just seeing each other at competition for the last decade um mm -hmm. he got to know me in a different way i got to know him in a different way and then he's just like be more you he goes this is a brand that you can wear what you want you can you know if one day you want just plain black and you just want to be discreet wear that if one day you want hyper uh electric zebra and go crazy on that for a day that can be you on that day you can be uh, like mega extroverted that day and you can just be this chameleon just be more you however you feel at that time um mm -hmm. and then it kind of just transitioned from there and i love i love cre i love the creation of the process of building businesses and projects so i was very much happy to project manage getting samples getting um designs done and khan was very good at you know putting uh pen to paper and and writing writing the why and the how and the the voice of the of the business so we kind of just combined our efforts there we basically put together la boys swim we we're actually going to match this with party shirts as well so it's going to be a matching party shirt top and bottom but oh, in, <laughs> yeah so it was going to be like we were going to do some cool funky designs there as well that matched um, mm -hmm. But we decided let's just hone in on what we keep it simple to begin with. Let's just go. This is our this is our thing that we want to try and grow into something really really cool and and create some good vibes with people and and use it as a way that we can go around and and have some cool cool social events with people. Also use them in our training too, and it, it covers a lot of bases. And it's like something we can do together and share together. Um, and so that was kind of the orange of or, uh, origins of it was that you know started off as a as a throwaway comment in an airport. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's freaking go! And then I ended <laughs> up started getting a bunch of different samples, put it together. We got the website built. It's actually being built and built out now. Mm -hmm. um, and this was this all to be honest. This is almost a year ago today when we first had this conversation. So, uh, and it's taken it's taken some time to put together, but. We're, we're stoked with where it is now. We're stoked with where it's going. Like the the foresight that we have for where we could possibly take it is is pretty cool and crazy. And I just think it's going to be something that uh, allows people to um, express how they want to express themselves. And it gives us a really cool thing to do together. Um, and that's all it really is. And it's a bit of a passion project, but um, I'm really excited for where that could take us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with that kind of mission statement of, you know, be more you, you really enable people to connect with that in like a really emotional way in their own unique personal story. Um, and that's like, oh, that's really empowering. I mean, yeah. also to celebrate the LaBoy's anniversary on the podcast. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's pretty close to, I would, I'd like to, I'm going to check where my flight was from Copenhagen that day, see what the date was, because that's when we first, I was actually sitting on the plane. So it was a connecting flight. And I thought mm -hmm. to myself on the plane, I was just like, have to do our own speedos and then i was like thinking 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 and i was like can't boys speedos let's do it he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> i love that and so you guys pretty much met each other though through competition correct yeah like, and then over time so, kind of developed that friendship or yeah so we've met for the first time in 2012 um mm -hmm. at, a, at a competition called the fit bloke challenge and mm -hmm. khan rolled in for the day um he only got to do you know the saturday comp didn't get to the sunday comp 
uh, the Sunday competition. I think he had something else on. I can't remember what it was. Um, but I remember doing a few workouts and seeing his name on the leaderboard. And I was just like, oh, this dude is crushing it. He's like sitting first or second. I was like, who is this guy? And at that time, at that point in time, I was fresh too. I was about a, a year into doing some CrossFit. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I saw him in 2013 at regionals. I was like, oh, this Khan fella's made regionals. And everyone was saying like, he's, he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then we basically, for the next, I would say, the better part of seven years, every year we would be placing within one spot of each other every single competition we did. It was like, yeah, it was super weird. We actually have a, there's a screenshot and he made a collage of all the competitions that we'd placed one spot apart in and there was like six six competitions or something like that. So we kind of have always, we've always known each other, but until 2021 where we did demo team together, that's the first time we got to get to know each other on a different different level other than competition. Absolutely. But it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, oh, go ahead. We're great travel buddies too. We're just, I kind of <laughs> just like we, we mesh we mesh really easy in traveling, and then sometimes you find if you if you travel travel around with someone, it's like okay, it either works or it doesn't work. And yeah, yeah for us it just works. We're just like pretty easy going, and you know we, we get to where we need to get to eventually, and and mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's, it's cool, and we're kind of into the same stuff. We both grew up playing rugby, and we both we both like to surf. We both like to be social and go out and, and party when it's when it's you know, when it's needed and necessary and it does not, doesn't, you know, muck around with competition too much and, you know, when it's off season. So it all kind of works quite well with us. And yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah, totally. Have you, I guess on the travel side of things, have you been to Tahoe? Like, so we're based out of Lake Tahoe, like in Nevada, California. Yeah. Have you been up here? I mean, you got to Vegas. I I haven't, but I have heard such good things about Tahoe. I need to come, and I, well, to be honest, I might even make a trip because I'm going to come over for Waterpalooza in January. Anyway, we're actually doing something pretty cool, cool over there, so it's going to be pretty. It's going to be, it's going to be epic, actually. And so during that period of time, I'm actually going to travel around a little bit, and I've got to go do some bits and pieces here and there. So maybe I'll just come then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be peak season for. Uh for snowboarding and skiing, it'll be amazing. But it's definitely one of those really cool places. We're glad to be here. Um, I grew up not too far from here in the California side, and so it's uh, it's unique. But, I mean, everywhere has their amazing places. But if you're a snowboarder, yeah. you should definitely get out here. So oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be sick. Um, so tell me a little bit, and I guess I don't want to go backwards, but I do want to touch on this because this was in the intro and how it kind of shaped you and trying to, the trajectory of your life. We talk about adversity. We talk about just kind of giving people the real idea of like who we are, what shaped us into who we are today um, along the way. When you were 29, and I think this is more common knowledge, but when you were 29, there was an accident. This is also synonymous kind of with one of the best years you've ever had as an athlete. Can Mm. you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So basically what happened, I was getting ready for an Ironman in December. Um, which actually I'm doing in about a month, a month today, I'm doing that same Ironman again. Um, but in October of 2019, I was going for a mountain bike. We decided to do a mountain bike instead of a road ride that day. I was coming down the hill on the last run. I overshot a corner. I kind of like speared into the bottom of a tree um, stump with my head. And I kind of like rolled up the, the tree onto my back and there was a branch protruding out. And it kind of like got me right in the middle of the back. 
and it's oh basically God, asking about this. This is so hard to listen to. I'm a mountain biker, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, and it just got me in the wrong way. And I, I've, I've looked at the stumps since then, and it's so small. It's, like, tiny. I'm just like, how did that do so much damage? And mm-hmm. honestly, you can come off a mountain bike at a low speed just very awkwardly and do some serious damage. It's just like that's – and you know what? If I had been wearing one of those, um, like, back protectors – probably would have been fine. Probably would have just had a concussion and be good to go. So if I was going to go out and just do it again, I'll just wear one of those, you know, it's just like, it just protects you from so much. And it wasn't even, if you had looked at the crash, I would have loved to have seen footage of it um, because I did have a GoPro on prior, but I took it off right before this run. So I would have loved to see what it looked like. But basically I hit this tree pretty hard. It branch got me in the back and it took off. If you're going to break your back, I did it the best way possible. There was no there was no spinal cord issues or anything like that. I did hit pretty hard. It clipped off some spinal processes on my back, like T2, T3, and I think maybe T4 from memory. But the worst of it for me in terms of pain was pneumothorax, so partially collapsed lung. I had, I think, three or four broken ribs, um, a pretty heavy-duty concussion. Neck was pretty sore. Um lots of scrapes and cuts and things like that. But basically I was in hospital for five days. Um, I was on the ground afterwards just thinking, oh, I winded myself really bad. I couldn't breathe in. Um, I was feeling like pretty rattled. And then I got up and I walked out of the, the park and I finally got back to the car. I had to be, I was like really stiff. My whole back had like locked up. So I was really, really stiff. And I was like, oh, I hope this loosens off. I got down to, uh, they took me to emergency Um I they said like I was the pain. I was like, oh, five, six out of ten, six out of ten, I think. Um, if I move, it's a ten out of ten. If I don't move, it's a six out of ten. There's like, okay, cool, take a seat. Three hours later, I finally get in. They give me some X-rays, um, some scans, and then they come back in about half an hour later and it's like, put a neck brace on, put him on oxygen, get him into this room, blah blah blah. I was like, oh my god, what's going on here? And and then they just like, okay, so here's what you've done, and they basically listed off a bunch of stuff that I had done, and that I'm just like. Guys, I've got a, a race in like five weeks from now. I'm racing Iron, like Ironman Bustleton. That is like, yeah, you're not doing that. And I was just like, I've just convinced about 12 people to come and do this Ironman. There's, I've got to do this Ironman. And so basically what happened is I had to lay up for five days in the hospital. And then once I got out of hospital, they were just like, just don't do anything. Just keep it like really relaxed. And I was like, so if it doesn't hurt, can I do it? And they're just like, yeah. And so basically what I did was the day I got out of hospital, I was like, if I can't train, I'm going to, if I can't train 100% getting ready for this Ironman, I'm going to put all my efforts into recovery. So this is where I basically took the last eight years of training CrossFit and learning all the best recovery modalities I possibly could implement. And I put them into how do I heal my back, my ribs, my lungs, how do I heal everything super quick? So I got on the bike on the sixth day. So the first day out of hospital, got on the indoor trainer, ticked over my legs for an hour very, very slowly in TT position so I didn't have to move my back. I did that for an hour on the first day, two hours on the second, three hours on the third, four hours on the fourth, five hours on the fifth day. So this was now day 10 out of hospital. And then after that, on day 10, I think I even went for a little jog for 20 minutes. Um, that was kind of a little bit uncomfortable on the back still. Mm-hmm. But during that period of time, once I was doing that movement, so that was my movement for the day. 
then I was sauntering morning and night, getting that heat shock therapy going, getting like the blood flow. I was putting red light therapy on my back in the area that I had hurt my ribs and my, my um, T2, T3, T4. I was making sure I was hydrated, making sure I was taking in good salt, making sure I was eating really well, making sure I was getting extra sleep when I could. Um, then I was getting in the ocean. I lived about 100 meters from the ocean. I was in the ocean twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Um, I have... I had a float tank at my house, so I was getting in the float tank pretty much most days. So I was implementing breathing, breath practices. I was earthing a lot. I was just doing everything. I, I was visualizing the stuff healing. I was visualizing my bones reconnecting, visualizing all the stuff. And whether it, you know, well, I felt really good soon after. I'll get to that. But whether I thought it could actually help me or not, I just did it anyway. So yeah. when I was in the float tank, I was just visualizing my lungs, just getting back to full capacity because at the time I could only breathe into about 25, 30%. And then on day 10 or 11, I mm-hmm. went to the beach. No waves were there. I walked out into the water to get cold, get under the water, get in the salt. And a rogue wave came out of nowhere and I saw this wave coming. I was like, I can't move. I can't twist. I can't do anything uh-huh. like this yet. And I was like, I'm just going to have to sink under the water. And at that point, I could only breathe into about 50% capacity of my lungs until my ribs started to really hurt, especially around my sternum. And as I sunk under the water, it was just natural reflex for me to take a sharp breath in, not thinking because I couldn't do it. I had to breathe really slowly to like half capacity and down, half capacity and down. And I just Mm -hmm. took this breath in. And as I went under the water, I felt this big, almost like an adjustment but normally the adjustment you get in your back, I felt it in my ribs, like in the front, in my sternum, it was a big click. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And I was like, either I'm about to die or I've just fixed my lungs. And I sucked under the water, I felt this big pop in my lungs. Mm-hmm. And I went from having 50% breath, which was increasing from say 20% to 25 to 30 over the course of a week, yeah. to immediately 100, like jumping under the water, just under the water, under the wave, a sharp breath in, something popped and I was just like, whoa, I can breathe again. And I was just breathing, it's nice and smooth, no pain. And I was like, wow, that was like day 10. Yeah. And and then after that, day 11, I went for a swim and that was all good. Day Mm -hmm. 12, I was like doing brick sessions, like running, uh, so riding and running. And then by Mm -hmm. day 15, when I went back for my two-week scan, they were just like, what have you been doing? And I'm just like, I mean, saunering. Everything. I've been doing breath work. I've been grounding. I've been eating good food. I've been um, putting red light therapy with the juve on my back. I've been doing all these things. I've been cycling. I've been running. I've been swimming. Um, and they were like, wow, like your x-rays have come back and your x-rays are phenomenal. They're, I'm just like, what do you mean? They're just like, your ribs look great. Your spine looks great. And I'm just like, Cool. And then I'm just like, can I do the Ironman? And they're just like, do you feel good? I'm just like, yeah. And then I think on day 16, I did a half Ironman as a practice run and mm-hmm. good to go. Actually, no, you know what? I think that might have even been day 13 or 14 from memory. I did like a, a simulation, a simulation. I did a three-kilometer uh, three swim, like a 60K bike ride, and I think a 15K run. And that was like day 13 after the accident. And this was something they told me to lay up for for four to five weeks. And I'm not telling everyone to do that. I'm not saying go against the recommendation of your doctors at all. But basically, I took every day to about a four out of 10 pain. And I kind of hovered around there. But I felt like movement was going to be the best thing for me, not sitting in bed playing PlayStation. So that's what I did. And I bounced back super quick. By, By 20 days after the accident, 
So with about two or three weeks to go, I was pretty well back to full training, but I didn't do any CrossFit, no weightlifting, basically from the accident up until the Ironman. So I just focused on swim, bike, run from then on. Um, ended up going and doing the Ironman, had a blast, one of the best days of my life. Yeah. And it's, you touch on this idea of this relationship between the brain and the body, right? And really listening to it. What does it need? What is it telling me? And what are, what can I do for it? What does my body need? And these are like very basic questions we don't ask ourselves. You know, this, this ends up, this whole podcast is kind of end up to be this very like holistic, you know, naturopathic type approach to training, to life, to, you know, emotions, to relationships, to communication, to friendships. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of creating that type of relationship within yourself right mm -hmm. and so that you can enrich not only your own ecosystem here but everything within you and everything around you and i guess you know that's a really similar way to the way i like to approach things it feels good it feels you know um very just the way that we're designed to feel as humans before all of this, right? And then it kind of translates into the company like here at Wolverine with kind of like our pillars of performance and why we created what we did. But that also creates your relationship and your a lot of emotional connection to FIBA, right? Mm. And FIBA. So let's introduce our listeners to FIBA. Tell me about that. So FIBA has kind of stemmed from in me wanting to be able to promote and so so i'm vegan but mm -hmm. i don't i don't like to be one of those pushy vegans that's just like this is the only way like this is what you have to do and i, I do it for myself i do it for you know i do it well not for myself i do it for the animals that's my soul that's my soul thing i didn't want to contribute to any suffering at all if i could if i could snowboard and surf and lift weights heavy and stay strong and stay healthy and do all the things that I wanted to do in my life without causing any extra suffering. Sure. Why wouldn't I? So that's all I wanted to do. And I just wanted to be, I wanted to be the type of change that I would like to see more of. And if I can do that just by going and doing these events and having fun and not getting sick and not doing all these things and do it without eating any animal products or doing anything like that. Right. Awesome. And I'll just, and I'll just do that via my actions rather than so much my words. And then fiber transitioned into, I was like, I, I want a really good quality plant protein. And so I contacted a friend of mine and I was like, I want to do a plant protein. He's like, I can help you with that. And that's where myself and Matt Legg, who's a genius naturopath formulator of all things natural supplements such like such a wealth of knowledge this guy he's like i can formulate something like that so when we did our market research trial on what people who would like to have plant protein are looking to find basically the things that we wanted to create was a plant protein that was not only going to give you all nine essential amino acids but it was also going to be the texture was going to be on point the taste was going to be on point and the digestion was going to be on point so i said matt how can we nail all this stuff and he was like i've got it i've got it we're going to do this fine milling practice. We're going to use these other different types of flavor profiles, not just take a collagen or a whey profile and chuck it into a plant protein. We want to make sure that plant protein hydrates really well in the water so we can assimilate it better. It will help with digestion as well. And then we're also going to add this thing that I've been working on, which is called gut matrix into the mix, which is basically a postbiotic matrix that allows you to enhance the digestion of the protein by taking not only the prebiotic, aloe vera, and some other things that we're going to have them feed on in other products, but then taking like 
a set of bacteria, let them feed on that, whatever they create, those compounds that they create, we're going to take all those organic acids and enzymes and um, antioxidants and fatty acids, and we're going to put them all back into the protein. So if you don't have those particular bacteria doing those compounds or creating those compounds for you, we've done them for you. They're going to go back into the protein. So that's what we wanted to do to try and help people be healthier, um, a little bit more um, aware of what's going into their body and give them something really unique and really unique and uh, forward thinking in terms of where we believe health is going now, which is down the postbiotic realm, where we can create these things that are going to help people live and thrive and be healthier and happier, doing what they want to do and also doing some good things um, for the environment at the same time. So we're going to be very large on how we package our product, how we can get better at sustainability, how we can create products that are going to help people thrive and, and be a little bit more energetic and help them recover and help them perform in no matter what they're doing, whether it's business or sport, or they just want to, you know, they want to lose a little bit of weight or they want to focus a little bit more on getting, getting, um, getting their gut healthy again. So that's kind of what we're doing with fiber. And, you know, our, our primary product that we've come to market with is fibers protein. And, and that's the point of difference that we have there. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I mean, I think, James, it's it's something where we level with you guys. And, you know, one of the bigger reasons why I, I personally wanted to talk with you was just because or have you as a guest was more so to see you are being the change. We try to be the change. We This is the kind of alignment that we as a company, you know, when I introed the podcast, we talk about full friends is about, you know, connecting with other people in the space that are like minded people who are bringing things forward, people who are making it better, who've been through the things in their life or as an athlete or as a business owner or just in the world and who want to bring them forward and make them easier and be the difference. And um, and you kind of, when you do that, you lead from the front and you lead by example and you lead from within. Um, there's a lot of times where people come to us and I'm sure you're going to experience this if you haven't already. It's like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? That, that, and this. And it's like, okay, first of all, the science says it's all bullshit. Second of all, <laughs> I wouldn't put it on my body. Uh, third of all, it's I want to put my head down on my pillow at night and know that I am doing the right thing for people if they're going to put something in their mouth. And 100%. as a company, it's really important. Or as a, you know, someone with a platform like yourself, it's really important to you know, not only provide people with the information they need to decide what they're going to do, but to provide them with the information so they understand, yeah. you know, if, it's not just like a cream goes on. It's not a new shirt. It's not something like sticker you throw on your water bottle. Like this is stuff you put in your body. You guys like mm -hmm. you deserve to know what it is and why um, and gut health and, and is a really big piece of it, you know, yeah. Under, um, underly underlyingly across the board, that was the thing that Matt and I uh, were big believers on was that we can we can create something that allows people to or, or gives them gives them a, a a one up on no matter the product that we make the primary underlying priority is to help us have a good diverse healthy gut microbiome and if we can help people understand the value in just making sure that that's where it needs to be and, and, and ways that we can create that really robust, healthy gut microbiome, and then they get an added protein boost, great. Um, <laughs> then that's that's great. And then when we do our next product, and our next product, the underlying priority will be gut health, but then it might be towards focused on micronutrients or it might be focused towards energy production or it might be focused towards 
who knows what's next or it might be focused you know towards fats or oils or whatever they may be but the underlying thing is like healthy diverse gut microbiome making sure that we're doing the right thing there and then allowing people and and the, the the biggest thing that we like to talk about when we do the podcast we don't talk much about the supplements we talk about you should be getting the majority of your your nutrients from 99% food like get it from real food get it from whole food like we want you to get it from food this is just uh you know an insurance policy this is an insurance policy if you want extraordinary things if you're asking extraordinary things of your body then we'll give you some extraordinary little additives as an insurance policy as the icing on the cake to add into an already whole food and for most people plant-based diet and plant-based when i say plant-based I, it could be 100 plant-based could be 90 plant-based it could be 80 percent plant-based but you know i try and push people to like 90 plus um mm -hmm. and you know if if that's where you're at that's great if it's 70 that's that's cool too but get in diverse mixes of plants we're going to be adding to the diversity of the gut microbiome we're going to be feeding that gut microbiome good things like polyphenols and fibers and, and all the things that are going to turbocharge the production of all these really cool compounds that we know help with healing the gut, uh, the gut lining, making sure we're giving our body the enzymes it needs to break down these foods and to assimilate the ions, potassiums and magnesiums and all these other really cool aspects that we want to absorb. If we can do that, then we're in the right place and our values are aligned. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even... I mean, when you talk about goals and you talk about lifestyle and what this is helping people do, you know, it's to just elevate everything, right? Like similar Absolutely. to your injury, you did everything you could and it paid off. We, <clears throat> excuse me, don't always know how things are going to pay off in life, right? We can't sit here and be like, yeah, what am I going to look like in 10 years or, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, what's my body going to look like? How am I not going to age or how am I going to be able to like surf in 30 years? But what you can do is just be present here in the now and give it your best effort and treat your body kindly and ask it, what, do it, what does it need? You know what I mean? And yeah. if it needs some grass on your feet one day and it needs a supplement the next because you didn't eat, like that's totally okay. Yeah. But, you know, like you're saying, food first approach, fiber, swolverine, we're all here to say the same thing. Like, yes, yeah. we do sell supplements. They are meant to be supplementary. They're yeah. going to help you elevate your performance and become you know, the best version of yourself, but get it from food first. Go first. Yeah. You know? Always food. Go, go with food first always. And that's what we try and, yeah, just what we try and push. And I think you guys are aligned with that too. And, and that's, that's the thing is like, we'll always push, we'll always push having a diverse, diverse plant-based diet in the, in the initial phases. And yeah, where you want to get your protein sources from, that's, um, it's like your priority or your, your prerogative there. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, again, supplements are just the icing on the cake. They're in your insurance policy, uh, making sure you're covering your bases that, you know, if you live in an area where you're only getting, you know, particular sets of um, these vegetables or these berries or these fruits or blah, 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 you know, it could be a very vast difference in um, nutrient quality in the soil. So, hey, here's a really cool way to get some great nutrients. Here's some great adaptogens or, 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 or mushrooms or whatever they may be, nutrient-dense foods that we can give you from here, then you can have them too. And then you're just going to, you know, bump up, you know, the the uh, bump up the way that you operate day to day. And maybe potentially if you're doing all the right things and you're exercising and you're eating, you're eating well and you're doing all these things and you're having good quality supplements, then, yeah, maybe you might increase longevity at the same time. 
Exactly. So you guys make sure to go follow Fiba. It's P-H-Y-B-A performance. So that one's on Instagram. They also have a podcast, which like you're saying, you guys talk a lot about gut health, optimizing, just kind of like overall health and wellness. Um, that's going to be linked in the Instagram for them. So make sure to go give them a follow. Um, I guess, James, kind of what we want to do from here is talk what's next. I mean, you got a triathlon or an Ironman in a month. Is that yes. Well, actually, in I've got a – so next weekend, I'm actually flying out tomorrow to Melbourne, and I'm going to be doing a strongman qualifier for Australia's Strongest Man. So this is called Victoria's Strongest, um, okay. and this is a qualifier for the under 80 kilo category. And I did an under 90 kilo, under 90 kilo comp about four months ago, and I loved it. Had a blast, and I came second. So I qualified for the Friday competition of Australia's Strongest, but it's not like the it's not like the elite division. So I thought if there's another one in the under 80 kilo category, I might be able to go there. And even though I'm up against some stiff competition, I can at least go there and have a crack at the under 80. So I'm dropping weight at the moment to try and get under 80. Um, to <laughs> try and win. I well, I was 87. And now I'm 81.8. So I'm pretty close now. Um, so I've dropped, dropped a fair bit of weight, um, which is I don't know, 20 pounds, maybe somewhere there um and then i'm gonna go there with the intention to win this thing um and then the next day i've got an iron man i've got a 70.3 a half iron man the next day so that's saturday sunday is fully booked next week it's gonna be rough but <laughs> nobody message him no pms yeah. so <laughs> the, the, the thing that i'm the thing that i'm looking forward to is having both ends of the spectrum i'm really all about the hybrid training at the moment i love hybrid training i love trying to be able to show people if you want to be endurant and strong you can and you can do it on a plant-based diet too which is like even better um i have focused my efforts especially in the launch we launched fiber three weeks ago i have been really jammed with fiber and laboys um over the last few weeks i really wish i don't wish i wouldn't change anything but in my mind i was like oh i wish this competition was kind of like in two months from now where i could really hone in and get in the training that I wanted to do, which I haven't done. And and you know what? I said I said to myself when I stopped competing at the CrossFit Games that I wouldn't be so hard on myself if I didn't get a session in. And I just said, just don't be so hard on yourself. If you miss a day, you miss a day. You're focusing on business. That's your priority. Training comes third or fourth in line now. Don't be so hard on yourself. But there's still that underlying thing in my mind. It's like, you didn't get your 50K bike ride in today. You didn't get your 10K run in today. You didn't do your 2K swim. And in my mind, I was like, this is bad, James. This is bad. This is really bad. And like now, expectation. Sorry? That expectation that you're yeah. used to having like that. Like it has yeah. to be here 100. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm getting better at being okay with it, but I don't want to get too okay with it because I still want to compete at a decently high level. So it's just like, yeah, you might, you may not have gotten the run in or you might have hurt your cup, which I did. I hurt my calf a couple of weeks ago snowboarding in New Zealand, but well, I was running and then I snowboarded anyway and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, and then it's like, yeah, you may not have got the run in and you may not have been getting in the caves you wanted to get in. And I know you, I really wanted to go and do well in the strongman comp and then do well in the Ironman, but I have ticked a bunch of huge boxes in Fiverr and Laboy's um, and Soul Sense that I know is going to pay off in the long run. And you know what? There's always time for me next year to 
find an Ironman, uh, find a, an Ironman competition on the same weekend as a strongman comp or a powerlifting comp and have a crack at that. Or I just run my own and call it the hybrid games and I invite a bunch of hybrids from all around the world and we just do our own, you know? So it's not the end of the world. I'm going to go, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, I don't think, I think I could be, I think I could be, if I was to say peak for both of these events, if I could be 10 out of 10, I'd probably say I'm sitting around a six or a seven. But in saying that, I'm still going to go. I'm going to have fun. It's going to be sick. Yeah, absolutely. Make the most of it and enjoy your time there. And um, Are you doing Wadapalooza? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm going to be at Wadapalooza. I actually, got a, I actually got a message from Nick Matthews this morning. And yeah. he was like, hey, you want to come to Wadapalooza? I'm just like, I'm going to be there anyway. I'm actually bringing the boys over to Wadapalooza. Oh. And we're going to... <laughs> and... Um, he was like, do you want to compete as well? And I was just like, as long as you're happy for me to literally run off the floor of the competition, be very unfit because I am not CrossFit fit at the moment at all. I said like last year or like the start of 2021 when mm-hmm. Khan and Dr. Lugos asked me to go in that comp, I said, boys, I have not done any CrossFit for about three months. So yeah. actually, no, I hadn't done any CrossFit since the CrossFit Games. I was just running and doing a bit of deadlifts. Um, and they're just like, yeah, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, and end up turning out to be fine. But I was like, Matt, as long as you, or Nick, as long as you know that I'm not going to be super fit, and as soon as I finish on the comp, I'm going back to the stall to man the LaBoy stall, he was just like, yeah, dude, no dramas. That's cool. So, yeah, (laughs) there's a good chance that I might get to compete, but I'll definitely be there uh, repping repping LaBoy's anyway. Absolutely. Well, you guys, make sure to go see LaBoy's at Wadapalooza. Um, there's potentially two another business endeavor on deck for you. Is that true in the Q1 of 2023? Yeah. So myself and my brother are bringing out a, 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 a we're starting a company called Soul Sense, which is basically uh, fitness fragrances, and that's all plant based. It's all genderless. Anyone can wear it, no matter the scent, no matter the anything. It's just basically really cool natural, all natural, no chemicals, natural smells, and they have an underlying base of the ocean. So they're all ocean-based. So we have, and it's all water-based really, but the underlying tone that we have is water, earthy elements. It's super, super cool. We have three that we're coming out with. We have uh, have mist, uh, we have aura. And uh, so we have mist, we have aura, and our other big one that we have that we've got coming is a bit of a secret. Um, but I, I want to really let it out, and it's called Rain. But when Rain comes out, it's going to be even oh, – it's just so cool. So, we have, yeah, so Rain is going to be sick. I'm, I'm actually, so excited. I'm so fired up about Rain. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you're actually the first one to hear about Rain. People have heard about Mist and Aura, but Rain is going to be really, really cool. And then we have something coming about midway through the year, which will be – a really epic thing. It's going to be dawn and dusk. So, um, but these are basically they're going to be solid, solid balms um, that you can kind of carry around in your gym bag. Or you take with you. Um, going to be solid balms that you can just basically rub on. Um, but again, uh, all natural, vegan, um, and they smell epic. So I can't wait to bring them out too. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll be like the first pre-order in there. So you. <laughs> Make sure to check out all of James's Instagrams for the companies. Make sure to check him out uh, with LaBoyd and Con over at Wadapalooza. Slide into his DMs. Say what's up. He's very social on there. Um, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. 
Uh, James's handle, again, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but it's J-A-M-E-S-N-E-W-B-U-R-Y for our audio listeners out there. James, it's been an honor to sit and talk with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, a lot of your outlook on life and in the business endeavors, the excitement, the exciting things that you have coming ahead. Um, it's really nice to align ourselves or to learn more about other people in the space who want to be the change and who want to really help people live each day at their highest human potential. Not only that, but look their best, right? Um, and smell their best. And so, um, thank you, you guys, so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to subscribe to the Swole Friends podcast on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We are on Twitch. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to go give James a follow. Check out the new companies, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, James. Thank you.